Jordan! Brian! Oh, wait. Is this supposed to be the other way, dude? What's, What's up, up man? my man? How are you, brother? Uh, I gotta stay right off the bat. That noise in the background—it's raining here in California in uh, June. Uh, you know, a little little rainstorm to get our get our uh, dry area wet a little bit. So if you hear that in the background, I hope it, it gets a little no. <laughs> <laughs> get our dry area wet. <laughs> Not what good. I, not what I meant, but you can take that whatever way you want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, that, that was good. Me likey. Me likey long time. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, it's, it's right in here. We need it. It's been a little uh, hot the last couple of days and pretty pretty uh, dusty out there. So, yeah. What it is with you, Jordan? What it is, man, I am just alive and kicking. I'm sure you all remember the last one, maybe two podcasts. I've been coughing up a storm. Yeah, I've noticed you have no cough. (coughs) (laughs) Right on cue. Right on cue. Uh, No, I actually, yeah, it's, um, I don't, I'm not going to, you know, jinx myself and say that I've kicked it for good, but... It's a lot better. I, I took the day off yesterday and just slept all day. And it was it was really nice. So. Oh, man. That's nice. Slept so much that you're still I, yawning from, from uh I know, from all the sleep I got. You got too much sleep. Sometimes you can get well, too much sleep. It's true. But I think it's kind of. It's kind of indicative of something else, Brian. What's that? Yawning because I'm tired. What am I tired of, though? Why am I tired? That's a good question. And I think that kind of... Only you can answer that, Jordan. Only I can answer that. But I think it kind of segues into our topic a little bit. Cheesy? Yes. Very cheesy segue, but that's what we are about. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So, um, essentially, I think... What is going on here with this podcast is Don't keep me in suspense. I have to keep you in suspense. Don't keep our listeners in suspense. You know when I'm keeping them in suspense, it's because my brain's not working and I don't know what to say next. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, we'll just quit beating around the bush. This one is our final episode. Yay! Yay! Season one, episode fifteen. Yeah, final episode for the season, man. We'll uh, take a little break, recharge. Hopefully, come back with some new energy and some uh, new guests. Yeah, that's correct. And I think it's it's only fitting that for this episode we we take the time to talk about um, a topic that um, we are trying to. Uh, not deal with i'm not saying we're really facing it but like trying to head we're trying to cut it off at the pass right brian correct which is burnout burnout and and it's also kind of like i got this thought um about however comma and i was talking to brian about it 
which is in how it relates to other things in life. It's like if I knew I had to do however comma for the rest of my life every day, I think that might be torture and it might be hell. <laughs> but it's also like or, or every week even, you know, but I, the second Brian and I kind of came up with this thought that we were going to have a season idea, which essentially creates this format where we have a start and an end and it kind of packages it all nicely into this uh, discreet little thing. <laughs> I am not talking well this morning, dude. No, but I, here, I'm going you know to I'm I'm take, take the ball from you. Um, yeah. In the sense that going from not having it kind of, kind of, if, if we knew that it's a mental mindset, if you knew that, we were doing this ep- uh, uh, podcast once a week for an unlimited amount of time, and we never set an end. It's mentally we would be in a position where we can get in there, and we know it's it's just part of our daily routine every week. But the minute you put an end to something or put a date for an end for something, there's something yeah. that changes in your mind um, that then creates this. Okay, something's getting close to an end, and you kind of, for me. And I'm speaking to myself and I'm speaking for you because we both talked about this. Something changes in your mind where you kind of stop check losing out. and you check out and you and you lose that motivation for a little bit. Yep. Um, and it's tough. Like you have to you have to physically and, and, and mentally think about what you're doing for the last or, few weeks. Or you don't. That's the thing. I think so I think everyone who listens to this podcast, all eight listeners Yep, we're updated. Can relate to this, and um, let's just take a let's take a little like um, walk down memory lane and look at times in our life when we've had this. Let's just call it senioritis, right? And, and in the military, we call it short timer disease. Yeah, short timer disease. Explain that one, like why, so, why it's called that. And I was I was looking some stuff up in preparation for this podcast. Um, and uh, the reason why they called it short timers, and I think the, what I what I saw majority uh, is it came around the Vietnam era for a guy that was less than two months from coming being done with his deployment. Okay. And in those last two months, they saw a change of of attitude and more lackadaisical, and they wouldn't be focusing on everything as much as they normally would, and it would actually become a detriment to their unit because they weren't in the same mindset as they were the first day you got there. It's a complacency. Um, okay. And so that short-timer became almost more of a hazard than the new new person. Um, oh, yeah. Well, like especially in a, in a violent war yeah. scenario. So that's where the term yeah. short-timer kind of started was in the Vietnam War, and we see it both interesting when we're deployed. Like they talk about in the military, um, the first, the, the most dangerous times of a deployment is the first ninety days and the last ninety days. First ninety days, you're still trying to figure things out. You know, you're not you're not in a routine. It's new, um, and so things are dangerous. In the last ninety days, you've been there for long enough that it's all a routine. It, you you treat it as oh, I've done this a thousand times. And then so you get a little complacent, and then that's when accidents and, and bad things happen. So those are the most dangerous uh, statistically from a deployment in the first 90 days and the last 90 days. And so um, it's, it's – It's interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Well, I also think – I wonder if there's an element to it that is – it's not just that you're you're used to it and you think you know everything, but you also have this light at the end of the tunnel. 
Agreed. You can see. Agreed. And and all you, you know, it's it's um, sometimes the brightest thing is the easiest thing to focus on. I agree. So, like, we could go back to our. I mean, let's just take a walk down memory lane and go throughout times in our life when we've experienced this short timer disease. Oh man, I have too many to mention. <laughs> well, right, right, but I think we could aggregate them into like main. Yeah. events right yeah. like so the first one that comes to my mind is i mentioned senioritis yep and i remember every single year and sometimes multiple times a year you'd get that phenomenon that that uh feeling of oh man christmas break is a week away yep. and you can't do anything but think about christmas yep um, or, you know, school's almost over and I have the summer off, um, and like scaling it up to bigger things and bigger, bigger accomplishments thinking like high school, right? High school is the end of your like grammar school years there. It's like you, you've been doing that for it's a big milestone. What? Yeah. It's huge. Like 12, 12 years, years of, of conventional school, school. and yeah, and, and by the time – it's funny because it's not just the students. It's not just like you oh. and you feel this like I'm itching. i got to get out. It's teachers like everyone feels it way. for you. Yeah. Family, yeah. teachers. It's really interesting. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so you, you feel – when you were in school, I've, I've definitely felt it in school. Um, I, uh-huh. If I had to generalize it, and not just one time, but any time that I am uh, transitioning in jobs – from one job yep. to the next, um, and uh, those last few weeks and months of that transition to the job definitely feel that burnout and that senior that senioritis or that short timer disease because you see well, that light at the end of the tunnel starting a job and it is not that you know even if I liked the job that I was previously in uh, uh-huh. you you kind of see this end like the 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 most recent one for me was leaving the army and getting out yeah. and. Literally was the least productive person on the face of the planet from the months of September to December in the last few, you know, before I got on January. Like, I would help out when asked and and would try to, but I was not as go-getter and productive knowing that I was leaving uh, in those last few months. And it wasn't like I was, you know, giving the middle finger. It's just something in me was like, ah, like I don't have the motivation to do my best knowing that I'm leaving. And in a way, it kind of – I get what you're saying. Like you're not actively saying, piss off, Army. No. I'm done with you. But in a way, you are saying that. Yeah, in, in a way. You're saying, I, piss I, off. Absolutely. I think there's some sub- subconscious level of, you know what, like, F this. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much, you know, like, I'm, I'm done with this stuff. I'm moving on. Like, so – And, yeah. And you have this, like – you have this kind of, like – it's almost like a um, – you've been absolved from responsibility. Like there aren't, I mean, there could be consequences, especially I think in the army, if you're just like, like if you're AWOL or deserted or something like that. But instead, like with a job, for example, you're like, well, who's if if the, the entire time you've been working that job, you felt like a peon or you felt like you, you fit into the corporate structure or the military structure, whatever the structure may be. And now you're at an advantage because you've got a brighter future. You've got a different light to focus on. And so you're moving and 
there is some truth to like institutional knowledge, right? So you are a valuable asset. I mean, not notwithstanding all the actual money the army aka me and my tax dollars invested into you brian calcagno whatever that's a different topic another time (laughs) (laughs) but the point is is like you've got experience you've been in the army for 10 years you know how things work so it's it's it is kind of like a kick in the gut to the army that you're leaving and it's not active it's not you saying like piss off i'm done yeah but but you're basically like you're leaving and that's a loss for them yeah and and when the shoe's on that foot, it feels kind of good. It feels like I'm valued, and yeah, I'm out of here. So I, I will agree with you in in some aspects. However, comma I would have had the same mentality if I was staying in the military and changing my role and job in the military. I feel like really? if I was going to a different role in the military, I would still have maybe not the exact same in the same level, but there will still be some right. sort of, of burnout and some sort of short timer disease moving yeah. from one position to a next, because I've felt it before. And so, yeah, yes, yeah. there's maybe, maybe getting out was a bigger scale, but yeah. I don't think that for me, it was necessarily, you know, like my life in my, my role, I felt like I was just as some number. Um, it was more of like, fuck like this is this is something different and i would have felt it either way and it's funny because my boss recognized it and and he he was gracious enough to not give me a bunch of projects he says hey hey i know you i know you're in a short timer disease he's like i will give you the the least amount of work possible in the next few months and he any any actively went out to to not put stuff on my plate knowing that i was in that kind of mentality and role so i i graciously thank you matt for for recognizing that yeah, and uh, allowing me to be a lazy piece of shit, uh, but <laughs> but um, no, I, I honestly think that you know there would be still a level of it had I stayed in the military and, and went from a different job and, and actually moving moving jobs within the military. So I yeah. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying for sure. Um, in that attitude, and then maybe it, because of the actual departure from well, the, that organization, uh, right, it was a lot larger, but. I still think it's there even if I'm not departing the organization. No, I got you. But I even still, if you're moving departments, you're still taking a bunch of experience with you. Agreed. That oh, is going to be 100%. really difficult to replace. Agreed. Agreed. So, I don't know. Like, I, it, I wonder why it feels so good. It feels good to know that you have your next gig lined up and you're kind of just it is. waiting it out. Here's... Yeah, no, it does. It definitely does. Like it, there's something to be said. Like, you know, it, it kind of sounds completely off topic, but I was talking to a guy at work uh, a couple weeks back and about happiness and where we we gain our happiness from and um, material things versus experiences, right? And where he was quote he I don't remember where he got the information from, but he I mean, he said he remember reading something about the fact that um, people gain less less happiness or or the happiness you get from buying something like a truck or a new guitar or a new computer or a new some sort of gadget is short-lived mm-hmm. uh and does not does not carry as much weight or as length as an experience like a vacation or something like that so okay um and the reason being is there is a a pre a during and an after mental 
anticipation and enjoyment for an experience like a vacation, right? So, like you said, right. like at the, you're you're looking forward to the end of your job. You're you, you have something to look forward to, right? So, just like your vacation, you're looking forward to that. It brings you some joy. You're looking you're looking forward to it. Now you're during the vacation. You're enjoying the vacation. You know you're being during it, and then afterwards you look back on those memories and you get enjoyment and from pictures and and remembering experiences and stuff like that. And mm. that will bring you longer happiness than just going out and buying the newest truck or the newest iPhone or whatever that short term uh, product yeah. is going to give you. So. There's, that, that just reminded me when you talked about looking forward to something uh, and bringing some happiness to you. And I, I absolutely see that in the sense that you have that thing to look forward to. And there's something to be said about that bringing happiness uh, to you. Well, I, I got a question to kind of follow up with that. Uh, did you notice, it, like to the best of your recollection, when you were leaving the Army, Yeah. did you notice like the the months leading up to you actually leaving were kind of arduous and mundane and all that kind of stuff. Oh, 100%. Right. But did you notice like as the actual date approached that you started to increase in productivity or was it like just the same, the, the whole way? Uh, it, it was a roller coaster in sense of a, if it was okay. on a graph, it was up and down. Um, okay. I, I don't, well, I, I mentally thought like, Oh fuck, I'm not doing it. Very, I'm not being very productive, and I tried to be yeah. helpful where I could, but then I was losing kind of that. I was burnt out, man. I was like, right. But it was funny. It didn't happen until I made that conscious decision to get out. Had I just yeah. decided to stay ten more years, my my, my men, mental capacity would be a lot different. And it's weird. It would be like, different. You even see it like uh, I I I didn't personally experience this, but I I know hearing stories of guys that. Uh, you go on a deployment, right? And you get in there, and you mentally picture you're going to be there for nine months, right? Oh, yeah. And you have that in your brain. You have that in your brain. You have that in the brain. And then all of a sudden, like this is what happened, I believe, earlier in the early in the wars. Um, they'd extend you a couple months. And something oh. happened mentally when just fucked with you. How, however, the guys that knew they were going for 12 months... Could could do it no problem because they had that mental right. me, ment, pre mental you know capacity. But the minute you change something that somebody is latched onto like that, dude, all hell breaks loose. And so, in a, in an essence, it'd be better to put a, a longer time on something and shorten it up as opposed to going the other way around. Um, that kind of brings up this. Uh... Well, a couple things. One, the reason I brought that up at all, the whole, like, did you get more productive as the date actually neared is because um, I've heard somewhere, and I've kind of experienced this myself, but the people are most productive the eight hours before they leave for vacation. Really? Yeah. Because they're trying to get everything in line before they leave? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, I think it's different because that's more of like a, you know, that's just a break. Yeah. And you know you're coming back. Yeah. Um, but still, there's something to that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. It. I'm not sure if you remember this, but I'm pretty sure Bob Spencer, uh, when he was the, champ, the chaplain at camp, would used to tell a story. I'm pretty sure it was him. But the story goes like this. It was like some dude, like the first person or woman or man to swim across the English Channel 
It was either the English Channel or the San Pedro Channel, one or the other. Um, was swimming and swimming, and it was a foggy day, and it was cloudy. And they had a support boat, and they just kept swimming and swimming and swimming. But they couldn't see their destination. And so they kept swimming and swimming and swimming. And they didn't know how much longer they had to go. They ended up giving up, right? Yeah. And they only had like half a mile to go. So they had like done the vast majority of what they had to do. Um, but just because they couldn't see it, they had a hard time finishing. Okay. And I, I think that that's kind of maybe the opposite of what we're talking about. I would about. say that kind of seems to contradict what we were saying. It, it does kind of contradict it, but it, that's the however comma part of this. Yeah. Um, from my perspective, but it's kind of interesting. Um, I think we can draw a distinction between the these two things, right? Yeah. One is, well, maybe not even a distinction, but it, it goes to your point of like once you've mentally decided, right? Yeah. So that swimmer, we can just say that they mentally had resolved in their mind that I'm going to swim the English Channel. I'm going to make it from France to England. That's yep. it. So that was their goal. That was what was in their mind. In the case of leaving the army or a job or whatever it may be, what is in your mind is, I am leaving the army. Yeah. So so in a way, it's kind of like using the same energy, but towards different ends. It's kind of interesting. It is. And the principle, the principle is kind of there. And... It works inversely, right? When you can see the prize, it's easier to go to it. Yeah. But like in, in the case of a job, the prize is a different job or a different opportunity. Do you, do you think, well, maybe maybe there's something to be said about the length of doing something, right? When that comes. So maybe that's like a, if you, I don't know. It's interesting because it, it does seem to contradict itself, you know, that, you know, once you've set a, a goal, like departing something or ending something, um, that there comes some, some sort of burnout and we've all experienced it. But at the same time, when you don't have an end to something, sometimes that can be the burnout of, of like, fuck, I don't know how much longer I can do this. Right. And maybe yeah. if you knew the, what the end goal is, it's easier to prepare for that. But what I think, I don't know, man, mm. but imagine if she thought the end goal was there and it actually just moved like a mile or like, let's say like you, like that deployment, you know, like you thought the end was there and you move it a little bit to the, to the right side, a little bit longer. It crushes people. It absolutely crushes people. And they just, they just, they just lose it, man. And so, yeah. So let's think about it since we both in positions of, of leadership, let's think about it. Not as ourselves being burned out. Let's think about it as, as the leader, knowing that our employee or that our soldiers are feeling these things and how do you go about making things new and not and recognizing it and not and not letting your people burn out you know what my mind goes to first thing i bet you could guess i don't i i have no i have no idea I, i'm thinking about <laughs> jumping into the Brad. water with my uniform on Exactly. Okay. That's exactly what I was thinking about. <laughs> See? Peas in a pod, right? Peas. Yeah. Uh, all I could think about is week eight. Yep. Like, week eight of camp was, uh, like, notoriously the... Yeah, absolutely. Whether it was actually the hardest week or not, we just, like, 
kind of thought it was. It was the home stretch before prophecy. Yeah. It was the stretch before the home stretch, right? So week nine was the last week, but like it was like, uh, yeah. Once week eight would come, you're just like, ugh, like I can't even do this. I can't eat the same food anymore. Yeah. It's not the last I week. Like and you're I not do. looking forward to the end, but it's. But right. it's not the beginning. Yeah, it's it's that like oh god, it's so far. the The end is almost is too far away, but it's not that far away. Yeah, and I yeah that's uh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. So as a leader, <laughs> that's like, all I can say. Like yeah. So to, to to explain to people that what we were referencing is we did uh, it was a tradition that we would bring all of uh, we obviously worked in an island and we had a a dock uh, right there on the uh, shore where we had a little swim area. So what we would do is normally the tradition was around week eight, we'd all have these staff meetings uh, in the afternoons and uh, we'd go out down to the dock as a staff and try to get them down there some way or another. It was tough. It was tough with returning staffers because they had, a, they always were looking they for knew. it. They knew. Um, yeah. But you would jump into the water with all of your uh, Boy Scout uniforms on, and uh, uh-huh. and just kind of have fun and frolic, and just kind of give some new energy to uh, your staffers, you or so you hope. And so, you know, for the new guys, it was pretty, it was pretty fun. I think one year we had, remember when we had Baywatch show up and the and just and shoot us and hose us down. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. So, yeah, it's it's a difficult it's a difficult situation uh, to. To get your uh, employees or subordinates, whatever whatever they may be, or even just a peer, yeah. and looking at how do you make things new, and and, and I, I've seen it. I mean, it's something that we get ingrained in our head. Complacency is is big, in especially in the military, and then especially in uh, the aviation field where where I was in, because um, the minute you take a, a, a second off uh, and you stop and you treat it as oh, I've done this a thousand times, that's when the problems happen. Um, yeah. so you have to find creative ways of making it new every single time. And we would tell our staff members that, right? Treat it like mm-hmm. you've never done this before because the, the scout that you're, you know, showing and serving is, it is their first time. You may have done this seven or times prior, but for them, it's their first week and it's their first experience with it. So try to figure out and, and everybody's different on how that gets, how they motivate it. Maybe they do do some mental ritual or, you know what I mean? Like, but it's. It's it's something to recognize um, that burnout is it's huge, man. It, it's 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 around Dude. us wherever we go. Yeah, and I think I like how you tied it into being a leader because it gets to the whole principle of managing productivity of your staff and the morale of the staff, right? Correct. Because y- you can work a horse too hard and when you've done that, then you've shot not only your staff in the foot, but yourself in the foot Yep. because you're not going to get what you want out of them. And, um, they're going to look at you less favor favorably. Uh, I don't know. You just have to treat people with respect. And, um, my kind of my philosophy in approaching situations like this is to treat people as humans first and realize that, they're just like me. Like they have a mom and a dad and um, they get tired and they get sick and they get hungry and all those things. Like, yep. and when you can look at those things first, I think uh, it makes being a leader a little easier. It, this brings up a, 
this brings up a uh, time at camp when, uh, so we can scale this down, right? So we look at the summer as the entire whole of this experience and how week eight was like, ugh, burning out. Yeah. Week nine was like the relief. And then when it was over, it was bittersweet. But we can break down every single week into like a microcosm of that Agreed. whole experience. Agreed. Right? Agreed. So the, f- the first week of that is staff week. And I would say that, um, you know, I haven't been to camp in years, but as the years went on and me and my own experience at camp, uh, at Cherry Valley, at least staff week got easier and easier. Yep. Well, Just you, because like you had an expectation of what to, what to, to you knew what was coming going to happen. Yeah, you knew what you knew it was coming, but it also just got easier. Like I remember, we used to like my first and second year. I swear we were digging holes on the beach to to build a fence. <laughs> like, do you remember that? I, I, I like I didn't go to very many staff weeks because my schools were always. Oh, that's later. right. That's I right. Out staff I was weeks. digging. I was digging holes to put posts in the ground, Brian. While you were still at school, experiencing your home <laughs> stretch at school. Not caring about what you had to do. Senioritis, baby. Uh, senioritis. Um, but it was hard. We had to carry a lot of, like, before the tents uh, had decks that they were just permanently built into, we were lifting tents. And these aren't just like, that sounds easy, right? Lifting tent. No, these are like iron-framed <laughs> tents. Yeah, there was and a we lot were... more physical labor right. in the earlier years of camp, yes. Right. So we were picking him up and like hauling him around and rearranging and like leveling. It was like hard labor. Um, as the years went on, it just got easier. Deck sites got built. We didn't have to move tents. Like I swear the hardest thing physically we had to do was move those damn canoes. Oof. Um, which we did, you know, and that thing, that, that process stuck around the whole time I was there. And I think they still do that today. But what I'm getting at, is by the time I was program director, the last three years I was at Cherry, staff week got really, like, it was kind of easy. And I think that we missed out on some stuff. Or, no, I, I feared missing out on stuff. Uh, and by stuff, I mean hard work that bonds people together. Yep, there is right? some, there's... Doing hard things. Agreed. Agreed. So... Um, this uh w- what we would do is build into staff week some challenging things that would make kind of the hope was to get the staff to gel together like we can do this together so yeah we could sleep until 6:45 and get up and just go stand in line and and do the whole camp thing that way or i can get you up at 5:30 and ma- make you hike to the top of goat whiskers yep. And um, that's going to hopefully infuse some team spirit and some camaraderie in the staff. So I was always, as a leader, I was trying to uh, incorporate these difficult things into camp. Um, And this is getting, this is kind of a long-winded story, but the whole point was, I remember this summer, I was so damn pissed off at Dave because... um, Dave was at the, like, this had to have been, I think it was 2008 or last year probably, but he was, if you know, that should be indication of what I'm talking about, our last year, right? Yeah. He was burnt out yep. of camp. And I was starting to get there too, but, like, I was trying to do my best as the program director, and so 
I bring the staff on and I'm like, we're getting up at five and I'm, I'm doing that. The leadership principle that it's easier to start hard and then let up. Yes. Than it is it to is. Yes, be loosey goosey and then try and tighten it up later. Correct. So I'm like being stern. I'm like, you need to be here on time. I'm doing the like Brian leadership style, <laughs> if you will. Uh, Light it up. <laughs> and we had like I made that I made that week kind of like a hell week, right? I wasn't like being abusive, but I was just like, we're just gonna do we're gonna do hard things. And it got to the point where um, I think Friday it's probably Friday night or Saturday night something. We had worked them so hard, and my plan I guess I just didn't communicate this well enough today, but my plan was to like. More or less be like, all right, everybody, 5.30 tomorrow morning, you better be sleeping. <laughs> like, because, you know, it was like going to be my reward to them yeah. that like you'd worked so hard. Yeah. And uh, for whatever reason, like, like we were just, Dave and I were addressing the camp and Dave just like, he's like, you guys have worked so hard. You don't need to sleep. He's like, we don't need to get up early tomorrow. And he like, he's like, right, Jordan. And I'm just like. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I'm like, you just stole my thunder. Like, that's all I wanted to do. Like this whole week was like torture these people so that they're like in pain. And then I wanted to be the reliever. Yeah. Now, like now, now there's no, like I'm just bad cop. That's all I am. <laughs> and I like was dev. I honestly was like really devastated. I like pulled Dave aside and I just started talking to him. And then I, I had like experienced my own emotions, but I just started bawling, man. I was like, ah, I was like upset. Yeah. And he's like, oh, he's like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yep. that's 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 funny. Funny now. I'm sure during the during the moment it wasn't funny. Oh, at the moment it sucks, oh, but horrible. yeah, it is. It is funny now. It's a good lesson. But no, like, you're right. There is something to be. Uh, well, that goes back to communication there. But uh, there's something to be said about sharing a. Uh, difficult uh, situation or experience and in, in the bond it brings with people. I mean, shit. I mean, look at the military. You know, you go overseas and yeah. you see how close gentlemen and women get um, that bond with each other that no one ever is going to be able to understand or experience when they go into combat or something like that. So, um, yeah. I see I see what you're trying to do in the sense that, you know, if, it, if you give the staff during the staff week a, a shared experience where they're like hell yeah i feel like i've accomplished something difficult there is that they go like awesome they're, they're, whether they whether they acknowledge it or not like they know what's going yeah. on there's something now that they have in, in common and they can kind of look back upon and there's stories to tell i mean think about yeah. that being one of them think about how many stories we tell about crazy things or funny things and the shared experiences we have from our our younger days so um well yeah, and I think I'm not not to toot our horns as uh, past leaders or anything, but I think it's really important to be cognizant of that. And I think that your commander, what his name is, Mark Matt. Matt. Yeah, Matt. That's like all credit to him, man, for just being cognizant of your humanity, and like he could have made that he could have really soured your experience by saying. I need more from you now. Yeah. But instead he was like, I recognize this man and you've done a lot and I want to, 
in a way, like he may not ever directly said it, but it's kind of like you deserve this. You deserve you deserve a reward yeah. for all of your service. So um, it's tough as yeah. a leader, man, because yeah. being I've been in his situation, you know, and, it, and not just one person, but an entire unit getting ready to go home on a deployment, right? And being in charge of forty individuals who are like a month away from going home and who have been doing something for eight prior months, that is yeah. unbelievably difficult to find the motivation to have them look at their job and their, their flight experience or just their normal day-to-day as with new light, you know? And so you want to you wanna push and push and continue to give the same effort, but at the same time, like as a leader, you don't want to burn them out you don't want to burn them out. They're already experiencing burnout for just by the situation alone, right. right? Yep. Like you said. So don't add to it. You can't add to it. But I, I struggle with that because I am such, as you know, as a personality, like, let's fucking do this. Like, let's get this done. And yeah, I would, I know, and I was, you know, I would, I, I knew that I was pushing guys a little too hard in those last few months sometimes. Um, and I'm sure they went, went back, you know, after, after talking to them in our, in our meetings and stuff like that, they're like, God damn it. F cow, like, you know, I've done yeah. this for eight goddamn months and now, you know, you know, he's asking me to do more. It's like, man, like I, it's tough as a leader because I catch myself doing it too. And, and kind of adding that extra pressure in that last little bit. But, you know, as a leader, you hear again, like I said, the, the most dangerous times are the first 90 days and the last 90 days. And I kept telling these guys, let's not be a statistic, man. You got to be able to, and it, it, nothing bad, extremely bad happened, but we definitely saw things happened in the last 90 days that weren't normal what we normally did in the middle of the deployment you know so stupid huh. stupid mistakes and sometimes they weren't our faults but it just was funny how things just happen towards the end of that you know, that time so you know one um, thing that I, I think that we can find a lot of awesome examples of leadership and how it, it, it's funny how it's kind of morphed into this like we've always wanted to talk about leadership yep this is a really good way to do it because burnout is a real thing. And I think it's something that leaders deal with a lot. And it's, um, I, I mentioned it before. It's the balance between, um, morale and productivity. And one example that comes to my mind, and I'm, I know you'll relate to this one, but it's in band of brothers, not sponsored. Uh, but uh do you remember so for those of you who haven't seen band of brothers highly recommended you're missing um, out. yeah highly recommend it uh it's about world war ii and easy company um and they were the paratroopers that uh, were dropped in behind en- enemy lines and this series kind of chronicles uh a, a bunch of different missions they had uh throughout the the waning years of world war ii and uh, this particular situation that I'm talking about, they are, you'll probably be able to fill in the gaps for me, Brian, but they're kind of across the river from an, a, German, a German encampment. And I think if this one, they have a couple of prisoners that have been caught or a couple of Americans or allies that have been caught or are stranded over on that side. And Lieutenant, or he may have been a captain at that time, Winters, basically is ordered to send a crew over at night to go pick up these people. And, uh, he sends them once and then they come back and they have a pretty bad casualty. 
and then he just senses that like they are done. Like they, if I send him over, the only thing it's going to do is kill more. Yeah. And so, but he has a direct order from his higher up that basically says, get this done. And he goes in to talk to his dudes and they know that he's going to come in and tell them that they got to go back again, got to go back. And that you can just see the dread in their eyes and their, their body language is just so deflated. And he, like he being a good leader senses that and he goes in and he weighs essentially what, what is the best outcome here? What do I need to do? And so he's talking to him. And he does it so brilliantly. He just sets up this um, this reward for them, basically. He says, you know, this and that. I've been ordered to this and that, blah, blah, blah. So you, 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 you are not going, basically. And he says, I'm going to write a report, and this is what you all did. Do you understand? <laughs> and the look on their face was like, holy shit. Like, They're we like, love thank you. God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, that one, I mean – tons of examples throughout history in the military i think for for good leadership things but that that one really stands out to me i yeah that's it's funny because uh as as military leaders we do professional development type uh presentations where we're assigned a topic um and and have to give a presentation on whether it be you know a a famous battle or a concept in the military or whatever it may be and one of the topics that uh, guys have been given is uh, um, leadership through Band of Brothers, like Band of Brothers leadership and finding examples. Huh. And so um, there's many examples in that that series, but that is a great one in the sense where yeah. where he he weighed the risk and the uh, the outcome of all right, what what's the worst that's going to happen if I don't go do something right versus if I do send my guys out there to do do that, you know, maybe, maybe it would have been different if it was such a, you know, maybe more people would have died if they hadn't gone. And then I think that diff- that sit- that would have been a little bit more difficult situation, but based on what the situation was, he as a leader was smart enough to weigh the risks and weigh the outcomes and weigh the, the, you know, what was the worst that was going to happen was the best that was going to happen and yeah. realize his guys, it wasn't, it wasn't worth the the reward was not worth the risk, and so he took. And, he, and you know what? If if his leadership found out, uh, he probably would have gotten in a lot of trouble. But in his in his mind, and in, in I agree, and rightfully so, he was willing to take that negative, adverse uh, uh, punishment, whatever may come down the road, in saving the mental and physical uh, lives of his of his soldiers. And so, yeah, it's yeah. a great it's a great example of of recognizing burnout and recognizing. When something is uh, gotten too far um, in uh, people's lives and, and people's work, and so it's tough as a leader because you are experiencing it too, right? And and yeah. how do you motivate somebody when you're finding trouble to motivate your own self, right? And so um, you got to have your ways that- of outlets of uh, people to talk to, or, or or you know working out, or doing whatever it may be uh, that get, gets you through each and every day. Well, that's kind of an interesting segue to, uh, I think, how do we keep ourselves motivated with however comma? Yep. And, you know, I it, it's funny. The second I mentioned that Brian and I entertained the thought of doing seasons, we were both like, yep, <laughs> like on board. And then, you know, that was like three episodes ago. And I don't know that... Um, Honestly, if I'm being fair, I don't know that it's made it harder 
to get up or like to to do episodes. I I don't think it has really. I, don't think, it has. I think it's just kind of yeah, it, we I think it's just illuminated this um fact that it's just kind of difficult in general, right? Mm-hmm. That we are uh and, and I think we're doing a wise thing by anticipating that burnout and and not uh not just turning a blind eye to it and then when it creeps up on us having probably more bitter feelings toward what we're doing right it's going to be a lot harder if we're like really burnt out on doing however comma to to want to keep doing it it's going to be a lot easier for us to say uh we had a good run it was fun um i can't do that ever again kind of thing but i think anticipating that is is it's huge uh, it, it, to, it's good on yeah, us man yeah, yeah. that's like good on you <laughs> yeah you're the one that was like let's because well, i was what experiencing the burnout <laughs> i was like i was see, i was sensing like the man dude this is going to turn into a freaking chore and we're yep. not going to enjoy this so let's find a opportunity to, how but also at the same time i didn't want to feel like i was quitting something you know what i mean like i wanted to find I know. the opportunity to not the loophole. Yep. The loophole. Exactly. <laughs> I wanted to find the loophole. So um I think I think we'd be remiss without I mean we've talked a little bit about it. We've talked about the the essence of being burnt out. But um uh, and we've talked a little bit about how to how to combat it both as a leader as an individual. But I think you know for those that that are experiencing it the biggest thing is recognition, you know, and and understanding that that's what you're experiencing. <laughs> And being able to recognize that thought to then go out and say, all right, what do I need to do to make things seem a little bit different? You know, maybe I need to, you know, if I'm transitioning out and I've given my two weeks notice, maybe this is the time that I work the hardest uh, and and make it a goal to work the hardest and and make sure that I leave these people and I don't burn any bridges or, you know what I mean? Like, so whatever it may be for you, think about it. You know, have I have I experienced burnout? I mean, I'm sure not not having been a parent man i can only imagine that being a being a, a mom or a dad you have your moments of burnout and you're like oh my god like how do i get through this and how do i how do i make changing a diaper seem like it's the first time you know so i'm sure everybody in their own aspect has felt felt that that feeling and so um recognition's the first part and then figure out what what kind of flavors you know changes the the flavor a little bit and uh, maybe it's, you know, you're, for you, it's working out or maybe it's, uh, going and taking a, a vacation or whatever, yeah. whatever it may be. So singing a song, singing a song, uh, a happy song uh, it could be a sad song too. Maybe that, that gets you through something. So I think everybody's a little bit different, man. Maybe a sad song, maybe a sad song, maybe a goofy song, maybe a kid song, maybe a country song, <laughs> maybe maybe a country song. So, dude, well, um, yeah, I think that's a good. I don't know, good way to wrap up this episode yeah. is uh, uh, we love y'all. We love our listeners. We love each other. We love everyone, man. Yeah, we do. And we we are trying to propagate positivity in this world, and we've decided that we're going to do it in seasons <laughs> in small doses <laughs> small doses uh rome wasn't built in the day so you gotta like you know you chip away at it in uh in little little efforts like this so <laughs> i feel like we're building bakersfield um, not rome but <laughs> yeah bakersfield was built in a century or so 
No offense to anybody from Bakersfield. Whatever he means it. He means offense. <laughs> Brian, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've driven through it too. So Um Yeah. Man. No, we have, we appreciate you sticking with these fifteen episodes, man. Fifteen. I can't believe it's been yeah. fifteen and so we'll probably One five. we'll probably be off the air for about it's a little bit over a month or so. Um yep. regroup and uh hopefully we have some awesome uh we're going to try to plan out some awesome guests uh, for the next few episodes in the sense of like um, people that we can sit down and ha- are, that are real experts in their, their fields and their crafts and we can kind of pick their brains about something um, and uh, get, with, get with you in a new light and we'll have a new attitude about things and it'll be great. So we're excited to uh, share that with you guys. Indeed. Um, we would also like to wrap up the season with some thanks to all of our loyal eight listeners. Uh, you know who you are, all eight of you. All eight of you. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, um, we would like to shout out uh, one last time to the four people, yeah, four of our eight listeners who have given us reviews this season. Uh, and if you have not, we we encourage you to do so. You can go to do that on iTunes. You can do it on Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. I've always wanted to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever you get your podcasts, you can give us leave us a review. We appreciate uh, it. But uh, yeah, shout out to Krashner, Sour Pepper, Hayden08, and Apples for Jonah. Thank you much for your uh, comments and your reviews. Five stars from each of those four listeners. Man, how much so. did we pay those people to do that? I think a postcard or something oh, like that. Yeah, that's right. Actually, you know. We still we um, we did receive our postcards. I'm not sure if we've, we've let people know. Yeah, that. we did. We put pictures up on the on the on the web. Oh yeah, we did. Um, so we have our postcards, and we're we uh, for the two people that requested them, we will send them out to you. Uh, and those of you who would like us to send you a postcard, handwritten, might I add, then just uh, send us a Facebook message. Be sure to follow us, um, like us, comment, and you can share us if you'd like. But uh, send us a direct message with your address, and we will be sure to send you a postcard, uh, however comma stamped. Yeah. And with that, uh, we would admonish you uh, from now until next season to not be a dick. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Well, shoot. See you soon, Jordan. is however comma the bright new podcast in the self-help area friends Jordan and Brian talk about different subjects and how not to be a dick